We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have spring training games. We have big Vegas drafts this week. Uh, we'll be talking about that and a lot of starting pitcher targets fades, relief pitcher targets and fades. All coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Happy Sunday night, everybody. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. If you could please rate or view the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that. It uh, helps us uh, helps people find the podcast, goes a long way towards helping us out. If you do li- enjoy listening to us, if you leave a bunch of stars, a nice comment that uh, is always very appreciated. Uh, we are at a, a good part of the season here, Jeff. We got spring training games. I flip on the TV. There's actually baseball on TV. I don't think we knew 10 days ago we we're going to get that at all. We've got uh, we're going to see each other in Vegas uh, this weekend for some NFBC main event drafts, some uh, some golf. Hopefully, if uh, my uh, if my back decides to uh, be a little better than it is today, but uh, how is everything going? Uh, it's going well. Uh, right. Had tout wars this weekend. Drafted nice. the AL auction AL auction Saturday morning. Uh, did the I was in helping administer the NL auction this morning. We also did the mixed yesterday in the head-to-head uh today uh, i although I, I wasn't as active in that except for putting people in the leagues and all that but and then in the afternoon and evening hence the uh, as as the case was last night had soccer turn a soccer tournament for aaron which we won our first soccer tournament of the year and we won so nice. that was pretty sweet you are um, you're a really good you're a really good auctioneer too so they were they were lucky to have you there i put you uh i put you second to brady tinker sorry i'm going brady first well that's okay i actually i didn't actually auctioneer is all online uh, this year so oh that's right you guys weren't that's right it's all it's all in the fan tracks auction room. did you not like zoom auction kind of thing or you guys went on, on we software? were in a zoom room separately right. but it just you know you're relying on that and everybody to get that technology and right. not and trying to guess who said something first it, online, it, it's hard enough in person. Because we, uh, we did that, we did that, we did that our golf league on Zoom. It actually worked pretty well, and you, uh, you, you ran that pretty well. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, I run a better baseball auction than I do a golf auction, but uh, then again, we've never done it in person. I think any any in person auction, I'm, I'm pretty decent at. I get the I get yeah. the trains running on time. Yeah, that's it's fun. It's it's an auction. An auction really needs to have someone that runs it well, and just you got to make decisions between two people. If they say at the same time, you got to make a decision, move on, and usually people respect that and go. It's when they we get the waffling that uh, that causes problems. So yeah, that's, absolutely. Uh, that's uh, that's fun. So you did you drafted in NL only? You said AL only AL on Saturday. Only. So you got that half of the pool pretty darn pretty down darn well then. 
I think so. Although I wrote down a list of guys I still need to add projections for after that. It's funny. And then like, you know, it also like it helps us like do me a fault. Help me do a follow up on news items. Like I need to follow up on the uh, Mariners and sure enough, very noticed, uh, you know, noteworthy item came up tonight. Um, the fact that we are doing a closer committee in Seattle again, it's, you know, we guessed at that, yeah. but now it's official. What your guys, the auction was, was it Saturday morning or Sunday morning? Saturday morning. So what does one do with Trevor story in an ale auction since he had not signed yet? So labor does one thing. Tout does another labor did had. So labor, which happened a couple weekends ago, it's earlier, even before the lockout ended. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you, had a lot, um, you had a lot of names then that had not. Yeah. Well, and okay. Steve Gardner did a creative thing where the top 12 players by NFBC ADP that were still free agents were just taken off the board for the only leagues. Oh, and they're going to have the a separate live fab. Uh, oh, but they have to use their actual fab budget to get these guys. Okay. So, you know, that way, you know, and tell we decided to do it differently uh, in, in part because more guys had already signed, but we locked the pool at 9 a.m. Eastern each day. So uh, and then if that player was a free agent, he was automatically eligible no matter no matter where he signed afterward. Okay. So the NL touts were able to sign to draft Trevor Story today because he, you could he keep signed, him. You could keep him all year long. Yes, and you okay. get his stats. All right, as it's as if he got traded across leagues after okay. the draft. So you just essentially just added. I mean, I guess you guys did it today, so most everybody was signed. But you just pretty much added Jansen's story. I guess Correa was already signed, so a couple of guys that are just uh, were eligible no matter what. Yeah, so Story Solero, I think went today. Yeah. Marwin Gonzalez went today. Huge, oh, that's true, huge right now. Um, but Solero was one of the other last hitters available. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's pretty. It's funny how Friday and. Friday things firmed up pretty quickly. And then yes, you know, then this morning took care of the remainder. Yeah. So in labor, so Freddie Freeman is going for like a live auction at some point. Yes. Well, and, and, you know, in both the AL labor and NL labor, Fred, you know, Freeman will be in the NL version. Story will be in the AL version. Um, And so then you have to decide like, okay, a full season of Freddie Freeman. How much is that worth in my hundred dollar fab budget? Do you have zero dollar bids or no? No zero dollar bids. Oh God. And, you can't trade fab. You get oh, to redeem geez. if a, if you have a player who goes on the DIL like long term IL, you can redeem. I think it's half his salary and back in fab. Um, and that's an only league where you're going to have guys that aren't playing. And oh, that's tough. I I was going to say a hundred dollars if there were zero dollar bids, without a doubt for Freeman. Oh yeah, um, easily. But now I think it's around ninety. I would. Guess. I was going to. I, I was going to go eighty five. But yeah, ten dollars in an only league when you can't trade that. I mean that's it's Freddie Freeman and only Lee, like that's dominant and that's, that's huge. And that's a huge team changer, but oof, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. You're probably right. 90 is probably about the right number. Yeah. And th- keep in mind too, in labor, it's even harder because you, if you fab a guy, he has to be active that next week. Oh, uh, and I, I was thinking, well, for Freeman, that's easy for every, all these other bums that you, that you saw, you have to make them active. That's, uh, what do you think? Of go- I, so you, if you and I would go 90, that means someone would probably go 95, 96, right? Maybe. Um, I would say the somewhat tout, aggressive. The tout world, labor world, it might be a little bit more conservative than okay. FBC, though, too. But wait, there's more. Labor even has one other thing. This is an old school rotisserie rule, the original rotisserie rule. You can't shuttle guys active and reserve if they're on a major league roster. So your pitcher has to start in cores. You either roll with them or cut them. You can't uh, bench them. You can't bench them. Unless he's an original reserve. So uh, I got you. So if you pick someone up, you can't or bench he gets, him. Or he gets demoted, then you can okay. bench him. 
That's tough. Yeah, that'll be it. When, it, when, is, that, uh, when is that wacky live fab? I think it's coming up soon. I'll have to ask Steve. But uh, it's a very creative solution. I like it. I like both solutions. I like that they're different. Yeah. It gives us some, hey, it gives us something to talk about. And I'll tell you what, it will create a lot of interest, that live fab for yeah. both of those leagues. And you guys did labor. You couldn't have really done the tout rule because there are probably too many free agents. That brings a lot of people into the player pool. So probably uh, – yeah, because exactly. now there were like three or four big names. That's it. So, yeah, that is uh, that, that's wild. That's that's pretty interesting. So um, yeah. since we're talking about it, let's jump into the uh, the news and notes. Uh, we had some uh, big signings since uh, the last RotoWire podcast, which is Friday morning. Uh, the first was Carlos Correa late Friday night. Really weird that a, a, a hit one like that breaks at like two in the morning central time. But uh, signed with the twins, a really fascinating deal. He signed for three years, one hundred and five million. But opt-outs after every season. So he can make his $35 million this year, uh, decide to leave if he wants. If he has an average year, maybe he sticks. If it was a good year, maybe he tries to sign somewhere for $200 million. Uh, probably the only way the Twins get someone like that, and uh, I guess it makes sense for them at least to go for it this year, and they're not really on the hook for um, the other two years unless he opts in. But it's it's, an, it's kind of an interesting uh, setup how they did that. Yeah, it is. Um, I think it's a can't lose for them. You know, if he opts out, that means he had a crazy good year and stayed right. healthy. Yeah. Which is what they wanted. I mean, yeah. I guess you lose if I guess I guess it's the opposite. If he gets hurt right away, and he Hurt, just, hurts about the only way they really really lose, right? Right. Yeah. Um. Or like the rest of the team gets hurt and they're awful, and yeah. then he still opts out after a great year. Then you're like, okay, well, we paid a lot of money, had a great year, but for for what cause? Yeah. Uh, at least it was only one year at that point. But I mean, if he but, stays, you got three years of Carlos Correa, so I don't think anybody's gonna like argue with that, right? So it's right. Uh, and it's fascinating. It's a pretty fascinating deal. I'm surprised that there was no I, I don't want to not call it twins contenders, but no like big money, big name contenders are like, oh, I'd jump at that deal in a second. Like uh give me that. And i I mean, like the Yankees, like it seemed like it would be that would be an easy, easy move for them. I think this was all designed drawn up by his agent. Because yeah. there's an way. ego aspect of it. He wanted to have the highest at average annual value right. on a per year base, you know, for for every infielder, higher than any other infielder out there. And he's got it like it by like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. It's, or, you know, the whole, or it's like, it's 35.1 as opposed to 35 right. or something like that. And good for him, you know, uh, you know, I, and good for the twins for being willing to taking the short-term deal because like we said, I mean, and there's risk in everything, but think about this. It's hard to have the shorter the contract, the hard, harder it is for it to be a bad contract. Yep. And it doesn't put them anywhere at risk at going over the threshold or anything like that. They still have room to go add more. I mean, part of the reason why they did the Donaldson deal is so they could afford Correa. I yeah. mean, if you're trading Donaldson for Correa, you do that every day and twice on Sunday. Uh, even I have to probably admit that, even though one yes. is my favorite player and one's my one of my least favorite players. But yes, I would admit that. And mm -hmm. on the other thing, I mean, getting creative is probably the only way that a place like Minnesota gets someone like that. Like, I, I have no issue with Minnesota. I think it's a great place, but not a lot of players are actively signing big free agent contracts there. So it's a... Uh, you know, sometimes you got to get creative to get someone in. I don't think anybody, I don't think any of their fans will be upset with that. How do you feel about Correa fantasy-wise? Obviously, we're a fantasy show here. ADP is about 100. Um, do you, the move from Houston to Minnesota, um, I'd probably uh, a little bit, uh, pretty close lineup, but the Astros are probably Pretty better. neutral. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the Astros are probably a little bit better lineup, but with him out of it, maybe not. Um, you look at his stat catch page and pretty solid, really on the batting average stats are really good. He's 96 percentile, XBA, X slug is good. Um, the stolen bases are gone. So fantasy wise, that obviously matters. And that's why his, he's down at pick hundred. Um, where do you feel about him now that he's in Minnesota at the ADP? I like his cost for the ADP better than Seager, even though I love watching Seager play. 
Um, I like Dansby better st- even still though. Cause you're, I mean, granted batting average is way riskier with Dansby, but right. uh, you know, he gets the stolen bases and he's in a just as good a lineup in a better ballpark too, for that matter. Yep. Um, I don't have any Correa yet. Uh, in part because I want some stolen bases from my shortstops and second baseman. It it really, you know, you really have to, like, if you got Starling Marte, okay, fine. Right. Now, if I don't get stolen bases from my shortstop, it's it's okay. Yeah. Uh, let alone Alberto Mondesi, you know, you know right. but depending, but all obviously another variance there. The the variance being who's who else is in your league, right? <laughs> well, that, and I was just thinking like, the, just, I mean, yes, he could steal 80, he could steal 20, you know. That that and those are actually both real possibilities, which is pretty wild that we can say that for a player. But yeah, yeah I, I I think Craig's one of those guys that he's just I think he's really safe. I think he'll be really solid. I don't think there's a massive like 40 home run, 120 RBI season coming, but I think he'll hit, you know, 28 to 30 home runs. The batting average is really nice, especially at that pick. You know, starts to get to the point where batting average is kind of hard to get. Uh, but you're right, you need to that you need as long as your stolen bases are answered, I think in the in the seventh round, if you um are in a spot where you don't really need stolen bases in your middle, I think he he works really nicely. I think the price is actually pretty good at the moment. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I, I'm definitely more interested now than before. I just gotta say, I you know, even though it hurt my Reds, our Reds, um, sorry, gotta get that right. Uh, I like what the Twins have been doing, including that going getting Sunny Gray. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like. I, you know, granted, it, it probably hurt to lose Donaldson, but then they kind of replaced it right away, and they got Urshela, who can play third now, is going to vacuum third base, doesn't have to play out of position at shortstop. That's a really good defensive left side of the infield. You know, that's going to help those pitchers a lot, too. And I don't I, I will never admit that I know a ton about prospects, but it seems like they have some guys if they wanted to make a Frankie Montas, Sean Mania, one of those uh, get one of those guys. It feels like they are they're one like SP2, SP3 away from really being competitive. Because you look at I like I like yeah. Bailey Ober. I like I like Joe Ryan. But I mean, we're talking about guys that you don't want to be your second pitcher and. Sonny Gray could be your one, maybe, and then I don't know if you have a two in Bundy. Like, it, I think they need one more guy that's going to throw 180 innings and be and be good at doing it. You put Montas Armania as your one ahead of Sonny Gray, and you put Ryan in over three, four, or vice versa. It you got yourself changes, a two. Yeah, it changes that whole dynamic. I got that joke by the way. That's good, especially in the AL Central too. Yeah, I think that. I, but I think you need one more arm. I think right now they're going to lose. Uh, you know, you see them losing a lot of eight to six games. Whereas if they get one more arm, um, I like some of the arms in their bullpen. I think they can kind of piece it together. But I think they need one more starter. And I, uh, yeah. there are there are two readily readily available in green and gold. And I, I have to imagine they're making some calls at the moment. Yeah. So another shoe is going to drop. That's the thing is, I, I, it's almost like I'm getting impatient, like with yeah. with the teardowns of our teams. It's like I know they even the Reds even said they're not trading Castillo or Molly, but for now is right. the thing and. You know, I, just like just rip the bandaid off now. Now, yeah, you know, I mean, all hope is gone. You might as well don't fo- don't tease us, Tito. If you're gonna trade Chapman and Olsen, like there's no point. What am I gonna do? I don't want to watch Montas play with the worst lineup I've ever seen. Like, there's just no point at that point. So, uh, another big guy, big news kind of broke this morning. Uh, Trevor Story uh, was kind of the, the biggest name left after Correa signed uh, to the Red Sox. A more traditional, longer term deal, six years, four hundred four million. I think there's some complicated op- opt-outs in there. I didn't fully uh, fully study the whole thing, but um, story's interesting. He had the elbow thing last year, and there were some rumors going around. Maybe it's not fully healthy, but you, know, you assume the Red Sox think he is if they sign him with that amount of money. 24 home runs, 20 stolen bases in 2021, hit 251. Um, dropped his K rate a little bit. Uh, hard hit was solid. Barrel rate was solid. You look at his stat cast page, it's fairly middling. It's a little concerning, especially leading cores from the batting average. Granted, he's going to a good place to hit in Boston, but he's a 35th percentile in XBA last year. 
Um, ADP is about 36. Someone asked me earlier, you know, where I kind of put him now. I think I move him up a little bit now that we know where we knew he wasn't going back to cores. So that 36 mm-hmm. was kind of, you know, where could he be aside from cores? He was never going back to Colorado um, after what they did to him last year and how upset he was. But I think I put him right in that two, three turn. I think I, someone asked me, I think I'd take him over Mullins and Whit Merrifield. It'd be really close for me with like Marte and Tim Anderson. So kind of in that range right there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's as good as landing spot as you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, and Fenway is obviously much better for righty hitters than lefty hitters. Uh, although sorry, story will often try to go oppo for those home runs. I don't know if he'll continue to do so, but I mean, he gets the monster. Uh, now, now the question is how healthy is he? You yeah, know, the elbow is a big thing. Uh, and can he adapt to playing second base? Because Xander, they don't, Xander is kind of steadfastly refusing to be moved off shortstop. Xander's got to opt out after this season. So we'll see what happens. I was looking at his contract just to see what might happen. Otherwise it's through 2025, but I assume free agency as a shortstop is probably a better boon than free agency as a second baseman. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but they, and he, they might just be telling him, all right, you get this year at short, but you're, you're, you know, Xander Bogarts is not the greatest defensive shortstop. He does not have a ton of range. Um, and, Trevor Story is pretty darn good on defense, right? Exactly. Yeah. Especially if his elbow is good enough. Now that might be a concern is can he throw? Um, and maybe that's why they're they're good with him playing second for this year. But obviously third base is closed off. It, it's yep. it's second or short for these two. Yeah. And I mean, the thing with Story is I think he's got to run, but you look at it and he's just he's run a lot lately. He ran 20 times last year. You look at 2020, they only had 59 games. He had 15 stolen bases in that season. So yeah. he hasn't quite been the, the huge power guy lately. There's some – you know, there's some stuff about what is expected home runs were in and out of cores, but I think Phil Dusso waiting that just that, that stat doesn't really work with cores. And I'd have to look into that a little more, but it sounds like, you know, he just, if you look at other stadiums, the cores did not help him for power at all last year. It always helps uh batting errors. He's still at 251. Um, I think it's, I think you said it's a good spot as it could be. I, I think he's right in that two, three turn. And um, I probably consider him there. You, second shortstop eligibility doesn't hurt. Um, most second basemen this year are eligible other positions, but uh, you, you never, you never hurts to get another spot there. Uh, uh, I think it's a it's a good spot. Where do you think he hits in the lineup? Uh, good question. Um, obviously, you know, haven't had a chance to see uh, you know him in a Red Sox uh, lineup here yet. Uh, I'm thinking fifth, probably right. Uh, Kike Devers, Bogarts, JD Story. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I I I guess I you know I haven't. I have to think a little bit more about that. We're going to get spring training lineups pretty quickly, although obviously story might take a little longer to get there, but you know, yeah. You know, I I don't see Kike necessarily sticking. Was he like, he was decent last year at like a 330 OBP, maybe even a little bit better, but career wise, I think it's like 315. Um, So is that something that, that necessarily is like locked in stone? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's to start. I think they like him there. They said like him there, but yeah, I think that you're right. I mean, the, you got 304, 270, 337 the last three years OBP. I mean, there's uh he's going to have to, he's going to get on base the first four or five weeks to stick there. And it's interesting. Do you think, I guess we think that, uh, I guess Jackie Bradley Jr. becomes fourth outfitter on the bench kind of thing. Yeah. Just a cent- you know, center fielder and JD can go to DH. Um, I, I think that that could be a pathway there too. Uh, oh, I guess, I guess, I guess I was thinking they had another outfielder, but I guess it's, it's Kike Devers and Verdugo, or Kike Verdugo and Bradley, right? Yeah. Okay. And I, I, God, I, 
can Bradley be an everyday player in that lineup? I don't know. I mean, his defense is so good. Yeah, I get that. Although I guess I was reading something that it wasn't as good as it's been in the past either. But that might be because he was slumping so badly otherwise. His offense was – you say slumping badly. His offense was truly abysmal last year. Oh, it's horrible. Uh, he had 428 plate appearances. Too. That's a lot of that's a lot of time in the field or in the game. And he had a 236 OBP, not average. 236 OBP. That is oof, dreadful. Absolutely untouchable in an OBP league like Tower Wars. 31 percent strikeout rate for Jackie Bradley Jr. with six home runs like that. How did that that should not happen? No. Oh, and you know well, he's not a bad place to hit. Makes you wonder what happened to him. Yeah, that's it's very strange, but. Uh, the other big news we had, uh, I guess it was yesterday, yesterday morning early, was Kenley Jansen, who went. Um, but some, if we talk about fantasy wise, he made some waves in the fantasy storm because uh, Will Smith had been drafted like as a fifth, sixth rounder, like eighth, mm-hmm. eighth, twelfth closer. Um, no longer a closer, uh, as far as uh, as far as everyone, everyone can tell. It seems like Jansen they signed him for sixteen million. He's there to close games. Uh, Smith kind of moves to a seventh inning. Maybe you know gets mixing and matching based on matchups, but it feels like Kenley is the guy there. Um, I kind of thought that I'd be off Kenley, and then I, I looked deeper, and I actually kind of liked what I saw more. You, you look at it first, you just see that 13% walk rate, and you're like, oh, my God, this is scary. But you look at how he did the last couple of months in the playoffs. He was a 7% walk guy in August, 8% September. Um, he's amazing with hard contact, under 30% hard hit rate all seven years that the stat cast has kept tra- track of that. A barrel rate under 5% the last three years. So while he had a little bit of command issues last year, more than a little bit, 13%, he's still really hard to hit. 31% strikeout rate. Um, velocity was up, which is probably the most important thing. He's gotten kind of, kind of down the low 92s. He was 94 last year uh, after being 92 a couple years before that. Uh, his stat cast page is nuts. It's all red. I, I'm a little more into Kenley as I kind of dug in and realized that he kind of fixed stuff in the second half last year. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. You did. I, I, uh, I think he almost gets pushed down because of his playoff issues sometimes yeah. a little too much. Uh, certainly was last year. I don't, you're not going to get that same discount yeah. that you got last year where I think he was going in like the ninth and the 12 teamers and yeah. sometimes seventh and eighth, even in the, in the 15s. Yeah, That's he, gotta, he, he flipped that script. He was really good in the playoffs and good in the, at the down the stretch. Right. Whereas the year before, like every team, like every time it's, it's probably a little more, uh, you know, defeeling cause you, you have him on a team and you realize every time he came, it felt like he gave up a home run, but there was a while there where he was, he was going to have a lot of home runs and walking guys and, it's just tough because we had we had this like set of closers and now there's there's really one less because Jansen was already being drafted as a as a sure closer but we thought right. he'd go somewhere where they didn't have one yet but you take Smith out of there and it's not like you're adding anybody else it's just another another closer off the list it's uh, it's tough and if you did a lot of uh, you know some of those high money DCs or some of those big leagues I mean if you took Smith as your second closer or your first closer uh, that, that that stings badly. Yeah, for sure it does and and I think I've got a couple leagues with him I got him in uh, Raz Slam I know that. Uh, to to no one's surprise, I have him in the yogurt league, and I may not get a save two years back to back running there now. Yeah, there you go. Um, had, you, need, had, you need to had, get some sprinkles on that yogurt, but I had Rosenthal and Kirby Yates last year in the top ten rounds. Uh, neither one got a save or pitched for me at any point during the year. Um, so yeah, I'm continuing a nice streak there. Yeah, instead you're just getting like, well, I'm not. I'm going to offend somebody by picking their their favorite topping, so I, I'll just move on. But because uh, that's the sort of thing people feel passionate about and or think it's an allegory for something else. But uh, the the answer is gummy bears because I love gummy bears, but when they freeze and get too hard in the frozen yogurt, I just can't. It doesn't work for me. I I never put gummy bears on any of my ice cream or yogurt. So there it's you go. Like good, my, good answer. It's like my favorite candy, so I always try it. I'm like this is. It this has to be good, and then it just doesn't work. And they get rock hard. It's a terrible experience. Mm, yeah, it uh, doesn't appeal to me at all. 
So I went ahead and fended the gummy bear people for you there, right there. Yeah, and the gummy worms too. Well, let's just throw that in there too. Not appealing at all on ice cream or yogurt. Ah, uh, yes. Is is Jansen? That's kind of a neutral move for you in terms of where he was. Um, I, I think it's actually slight negative. Ballpark okay. is a little tougher. Um, Will Smith's still there. Yeah. Uh, but I, good, I think good team that wins a lot of games, maybe even I, that well. The, the turnabout is I don't think Kelly always pitches every day. I mean, this, this is a yeah. deep bullpen. Oh, yeah. very deep bullpen. I Colin mean, McHugh just signed with them too. Yeah. And they had a lot. They had a lot of good offense. And Max Fried was good last year, but the playoffs that bullpen was just that. I mean, I think that's why they won the world. They just their bullpen was so nails last year in the playoffs. Yeah, and so I, I don't think they're going to ask him to be like the standalone closer. Whereas you put him on other teams, maybe they do. Right. Um, the big winner in my mind is Jordan Romano because yeah. everybody was rumoring Kenley, Kenley, the Jays, yeah. and there's nobody else out there right now. I don't see anybody else out there that, is, you know, you can always find someone, but there's not like a big name free agent out there right now that could yeah. steal saves from him. Yeah. I don't think there's somebody that's coming in and taking that job like outright from him. I guess the other big winner would probably be Blake Trinan. Although they already said Dave, that's not an exclusive yeah. closer job. Everybody, though. I think Dave Roberts says is we're doing this kind of by committee and figuring it out. I don't know how much I buy that. I, I feel like, you have someone as good as Trinan, you get into May and June. I think he's probably going to end up kind of reverting back to that. He was very loyal with Kenley as the guy. Yeah. Um, I tend to think he's going to go back to that. Maybe he's just, but I don't, you know, it's not what you like to hear, though, if you drafted Trinan or want to at some point. Right. Well, and it wasn't that, and it was a little different than Seattle. They didn't say we are going yeah. to use a committee, they said we're not going to name a closer. Yeah. I think that's actually a pretty important distinction. So Seattle, Seattle came out and said we actually are having a committee. Is that, is that what the Yeah, I'll was? give you the quote because I did the updates tonight uh, on that. He goes, we're going to uh, we're going to use like a number of people to get to close out the finished games, I think is the phrase he used. Uh, this is exactly what Scott's when I say he Scott service. Right. Um, but like, I, I think you saw that in the draft price because Seattle's going to win a decent number of games if they had one exclusive closer with those guys. You should be on it. But the, the the exact line was, we'll have a number of guys who will finish ga- off games for us, Scott Service said. So uh, that means Steckenrider, Castillo, Giles, who threw yeah. 95 in batting practice. That's that's a good sign. He's gonna Giles, Giles is the one that I like to potentially, uh, you know, get the, get there if they gave it to somebody. But it sounds like they're not going to. Yeah, I'll, I'll still say this, though. And it might just be because he can't pitch every day. You know, and he's also not going to be the guy. He's still not going to be the guy that's like, okay, we need an immediate out right now. Get up there. You know, he's not going to be the rubber arm guy. Yeah. Uh, I I still think Seawald's the most likely to be treated like that. He'll still get saves, but I think he, you know, he could also get like four outs and they get the last out of the seventh and all the eighth or something like that. The most frustrating part of those guys is that you just can't figure out when to start them. Like that, they're, they're going to be good, but there are going to be weeks you're like, "Oh, I have this seven star this week, so I'm not going to start this guy." And then Giles gets two saves. You just, it's so frustrating. Even if he's pitching well, it's always hard to throw that in and toss it. And then you throw him for two weeks, he gets no saves, and you take him back out. It's, it's just hard to time those guys. It's just I had a couple of the Rays guys last year. It's just it's just so frustrating to deal with. It is. It is. I think in an only league, you can live with the stats for sure. Uh, 15 teamer, maybe 12 teamer, no way. Yeah, I agree. I agree there. And it's the stats have got to be really good, too. Like the problem with that is you throw him in there and he gives up four runs, something that blows it up the whole time. But like, or he pitches once. Yeah. Yeah. He gets one strikeout and gives up a run. The Devin Williams of like two years ago, like that worked because it was just so many Mm -hmm. innings and so many strikeouts at work. But it's got to be on the extremes to work in a mixed league. It just, yeah, Seawald worked, but you know, in the cumulative, not in the, the, the granular that's the tricky part unless you just had the stones to leave them active yeah. every single week uh of course and that was, didn't get called up until may so that, that's also 
but still 65 but he got 10 he got 10 wins which is the whole difference there right. I mean, if he had Chad green was worth it yeah. you know there, there's seasons like that but but good luck falling into the guys that get the 10 wins like he just yeah. if Seawald gets two wins then we're looking at like oh that wasn't worth it you know it was a three era and 11 saves he threw them all year like this is more but the 10 the 10 wins are huge because that's more than a lot of starters have absolutely Last uh, last big name this time this weekend, Jorge Soler signed with Miami on a three year deal. Um, you know, I think we know that we know the stuff with Soler. Big power had twenty seven home runs last year, only hit two twenty three. Did have forty eight in twenty nineteen with Happy Fun Ball. Um, hard contacts always really good with him. Uh, the K rate did drop a little bit, so I, I do like to see that. I um, mean, had a really bad Babbitt last year. Hit two fifty is or Babbitt was two fifty. The career is two ninety seven. So you think maybe that pops up a little bit helps the average. Um, not a great place to hit in in no. Miami, so that wasn't a great landing spot in terms of like fantasy stats. Um, pretty good spot in terms of like playing time. I think in a situation like that, he plays every day and hits in the middle of the lineup. But did, did this move uh, Solaire a little bit down for you? Um, maybe a little bit. I mean, I, I you know we know playing time is not going to be a problem for him. He's yeah. such a streaky hitter to begin yes. with, and then you put him in a tough line um, ballpark. Although Kansas City is also tough, it is. Uh, but yeah, I don't love it. Uh, I like that. I like that Miami's signing some people. They signed yeah. he and Abisail Garcia. Solari and Garcia are nice ads for this offense. Yeah. The top, the top seven that lineup is now uh, a workable lineup. It's like a workable major league lineup right now. Yeah, you know, there. But it's you. It's kind of like one of those you have to squint to see it. Like, can Daily Brian Daily Cruz be uh, productive? Is Jesus Sanchez really going to take that next step? Is Joey Wendell and Brian Anderson an adequate platoon? Uh, Jazz Chisholm. Is he going to be yeah. the first two months Jazz Chisholm or the last four months yep. Jazz Chisholm? I think Avisel is going to play center field too. That'll be interesting. I think De La Cruz will, won't he? Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Garcia. Interesting. Cause I mean, I, I, it'll mix and match, but I think your like main opening day, like usual lineup will be Garcia Sanchez and Soler in the outfield and Cooper DHing probably. Um, or Soler DHing, and you know that that's the other. That's the there. problem is Soler in the outfield disaster too. Yeah, he is. And Avi played a bunch of center field. I think it was two years ago. Yeah, but... I know he's fast and has all the sprint speed. I didn't know he if he's a center fielder though. He played a bunch in 2020. He only played there once last year. I looked it up at the time, but okay. um, so did play a bunch. But I, I, I mean, he's 31, and I guess he's fast. But I, I your defensive outfield, if he if he's playing center, Soler's in one of the quarters. Defensive outfield is not going to be strong, right? All right, a few more news and notes before we get to uh, – we're going to talk some pitchers, uh, targets, and fades. When we get to the fades last week, we're going to talk targets and fades, and then we'll do offensive targets next week. But first a note uh, from our sponsors at Fantrax. We're looking for a new platform for your fantasy baseball league. Fantrax is free MLB fantasy league managers, the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Fantrax offers Dynasty, Keeper, Redraft, and Best Ball Leagues. Are you coming from another service? Fantrax makes that process easy. Fantrax can import all of your current leagues and customize if needed. Sign up for free today and be entered to win Fantrax's MLB game day experience, which includes tickets to any Major League Baseball regular season game for your entire league and $1,000 towards travel and accommodations. All you have to do is host your fantasy baseball league on Fantrax to be entered. The more leagues you create, the more chance you have to win. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, Jeff, a few quick injury notes before we get into our pitcher talk. Um, Starling Marte has not started hitting yet in Mets camp, which is never great. He has a sore left oblique. I guess with a guy that we're worried to worry about speed, at least it's not a leg injury, but uh, right. oblique, obliques with hitters are never a great thing. No, they're not. Oh, they're, I think they're worse for pitchers maybe even still, yeah. but they're, ba- they're bad regardless. They're bad. And, and it always sounds innocuous at first, right? Yeah. And you know, every once in a while you get, oh, major tear right away, no, yeah. six weeks, done. Uh, but so it's always like the guy like stretching it and kind of tweaks it. And then all of a sudden he can't swing for a week. Yeah. Then, then it's two weeks and then it's three and you're like, ah. and then he comes back too soon and it's another two more weeks. Yeah. That that's always fun. Uh, yeah, it does give me, uh, you know, I think it's cause for pause a little yeah. bit here. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a late second round pick. It's just, it's, it's harder to click on that button knowing that maybe he misses two weeks. And the, the thing you always worry about this is like, he comes back a, a day or two too soon, has a check swing and then he's out a month. Like I just, those, that's what oblique scare me is like, it just, 
I feel like it's one of those things. It's hard to know if it's fully healed until you are out there playing, and then you're like, "Oh, it's fully healed." But if you have a setback, it's just it's so tough. Plus, he's a kind of a accumulation sort of player. I yep. mean, I, I, aren't we all? But uh, from the standpoint that you need those stolen bases, you need those runs to justify yep. that price uh, because you're not going to get the power for sure. So that's uh, yeah, not great there. I'd like to see a couple more updates here in the next couple of days before we uh, draft on Saturday. Uh, quick notes, uh, Luis Urias uh, is questionable for opening day, out two weeks with a left quad, uh, with a quad injury. I don't know what was right or left. Um, he was uh, he was someone that was getting a little bit of buzz, had a really good, uh, I think, finish the year last year, three position eligible. Um, sounds like we're probably going to miss, uh, I, I imagine, miss the first couple weeks of the season with him if it's uh, by the time he gets ramped back up again. Yeah, it sounded like he got hurt running the bases. and yeah. He was going first to third on a uh, Pedro Severino hit, I think. Yep, very good memory. I was trying to think of a catcher that used to pay catch for the Orioles. What was his name? No, uh, yeah. I'm glad you didn't say Pedro Serrano. <laughs> that would be good. You got yeah. that one too. He could, um, he, could, he could trot on that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a bummer, especially yes. because he's one of those, you know, you know, ultimate flexibility guys you're counting on that you can, if you're weak in one position, you can pivot around or and things of that nature there. So, you know, granted full season, if it's, if he, it's properly rested and healed, then fine. You'll deal with missing two weeks, but yeah. And yeah, he's, someone and, that, he's someone that took a lot of steps up last last year. I mean, everything yeah, was kind of on the rise. His hard hit was on the rise. Barrel was up. Like you could kind of see him taking those steps, becoming a different kind of player. The guy that we, you know, with, he was a big, he was a big prospect, and the guy that we thought we were going to get right. it took a couple years, but he was finally taking that step up. It looked like, yeah. Uh, in Cincinnati, your uh, I'm calling him your Reds from now on because you know I don't want you to take any credit. I don't want you taking the ownership of the A's. Like I wouldn't want to do that to you anymore. So it can just be your Reds and my A's. I don't want to be associated with an A's owner. Yeah, that matter. Nor, or Reds nor, owner. Nor do I. I don't want to be any. I, they had more stuff today. I just they all, they all make me ill. What uh, happened but, today? Oh, they just Dave Cavill, who's the president, who's like just every time he opens his mouth, it's ugh. every time he's just talking about how he, he feels really bad for the fans that trade everybody, but it's because the stadium's old and it's just the same crap over and over. It's just <sighs> like your your owner's a billionaire and just got an, a revenue share check that got added to the CBA. Like just stop, stop crying and look at your. At, I don't want to get into it, but it's bad. Every time, every time Cavill opens his mouth, it grosses me out. Yeah. But uh, Lucas Sims, your presumed closer, I guess we'll call him, um, now could begin the season on the IL. Sounds like he's kind of taking the taking the right steps to uh, to get there and not be on the IL long. But uh, how do you think this impacts situation in terms of who closes games here this first month of the season for the Reds? So I, I Joe G, I think was tweeting at me earlier, and I apologize for not answering it right away, but. My, my answer is it really doesn't change anything at all because I don't expect a full-time closer. Yeah. I don't expect Sims to be the full-time closer. I don't expect Art Warren to be the full-time closer, Luis Tessa. I think they'll all be closers. You know, I think, you know, it's going to be the same closer situation as it was last year where whoever's healthy and pitching well at the time will get a chance. The second you show any sort of shakiness, David Bell's going to pull you mid-inning anyways. Uh, so from that standpoint, but Sims, I like Sims. And it sounds like it might even be just like a week or two. He's throwing yeah. bullpens already. So he's just, he said it was just a little hiccup with his elbow, I believe was the phrase. Uh, so <laughs> that always makes you feel great. Yeah, it does. Well, he, especially because that was what put him on the IR to begin with last year, too. Right. So, uh, but it's the usage that really bothers me and the fact that there's going to be a dwindling number of save chances. My favorite is Roster Resource has the Reds with four closers right now. Yeah, they're the Mariners, <laughs> except they're not as good. I didn't have it on my notes, but uh, Jose Barrero, the uh, the shortstop who was uh, looking like he was going to start, and you look at some of the minor league stats, look really good. Has a handmade injury out for six weeks. That's uh, that's a brutal one for hitters. Oh, it's six weeks now. Isn't okay. it six weeks? 
Okay, that, that that must have been something new that I didn't see. I, I saw earlier that he was just he was dealing with something he was a little behind, but I didn't realize it was a it was a ham eight in six weeks. So that that's a big deal. See Trent uh, Rosencrans, uh, ham eight injuries, left hand especially missed six weeks. Yes, that's so. Yeah, that, that I just want to make I just want to make sure I didn't day. mess it up. Sorry. No, it's okay, but yeah. it's just something that makes me really unhappy. But yeah, uh, I I didn't want to be breaking that news to you. I thought maybe you'd see that, but uh, I was actually he was one of the Reds that I was actually excited about seeing. I mean, he was. Uh, he was yeah. uh, what was he? He was 19 home runs, 16 stolen bases last year in the minors in all 85 games. Uh, they seem to be excited about him kind of taking the job to start the season. And now obviously that's kind of out the window. Yeah, although it's funny, uh early in spring training, before the Suarez and Winker trade, they said that Kyle Farmer is in the lead. Now Barrera was late to report. I remember that, yeah. And maybe that has something to do with it now that we know that he had a handmade injury, you know, or less that, that happened in workouts. So I'm not sure which is the case, but it doesn't matter. He's out until May. Yeah. And, you know, once you, you, you're, and then there's going to probably be a rehab assignment. Yeah. And then they're going to want him to get him to some at bats in the minor leagues. I and mean, we're talking it. You were, and how he, can you take out Kyle Farmer when he's hitting two, you know, he's got a, a 445 OPS. Yeah. I mean, if Kyle Farmer's like leading the majors, leading the majors in home runs at that point, like you're not going to take him out. Kyle Farmer is going to be no, he's up to a 752 OPS. I don't want to, I don't want to diminish the work that Kyle Farmer is doing in the second best month of his life. There you go. Yeah, no. So I mean, obviously, Barrero now is pretty much uh, not pretty much. He's undraftable in any kind of fab league. If you have a injured spot and you're really deep, maybe. But I mean, he just you just cross him off now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, last note: Zach Wheeler, uh, his pitch uh, through 35 pitches in a bullpen session on Sunday. It seems like he's progressing in the right direction. So maybe the you know maybe a week or two behind is uh, is looking okay. I mean, obviously you don't like the fact that he had that shoulder soreness in December. We talked about that last week, but um, it seems like he's kind of moving the right direction at least. Yeah, I, my my panic might have been a little premature. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know if we know that yet. It still might have been okay. But where do you where do you draft him if you're drafting? Um, you know, say he throws another bullpen session on Wednesday and it's 40 pitches and he says, I'm going to throw a live bullpen on Sunday. Uh, where are you clicking the uh, draft button or saying his name out loud? Actually, we're doing the in-person draft. It'll be fun. Where are you saying his name out loud on Saturday? Um, After someone says Zach Wheeler, you know, I didn't, I'm imagining, I didn't think Zach Wheeler would go this early. There you um, go. No, I don't know. You're not, sure. you're not taking him early enough is what your answer is. I don't know. Uh, I want to, I mean, I need to know more information because, one the what a like what's the progression what's the the schedule after that one bullpen session with I, you know i gotta get ramp up a little bit more on like what that means like this 35 pitches means he's throwing live batting practice next does it mean he's got to have four more bullpen sessions you know let alone spring training games let alone getting stretched out be ready for the start of the season uh if he's there at the three four turn are you saying his name you're pinning me down here i am um, i thought it'd be a fun little practice for you yeah, I'm saying fine. his name. I'm saying his name at three four turn. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's well, pick forty five. I'm going to merge, you know, a, a Twitter question with this: Sandy Alcantara or Zach Wheeler? Damn, that's tough. Um, Zach Wheeler. Okay. So God, that's you, a hard. You agree that's with me that Alcantara is going a little too early then. A little too. I like Sandy, but I think a little too I early. Too. I just. You know, my love for him was pure. Zach Wheeler was unbelievable last year like just fully supported breakout and everything i just uh i love him i mean it hopefully i have another week of news by saturday if the news is positive i think i'd go wheeler wheeler right now nola or wheeler nola yeah me too just me too. that little bit of safety i think yeah i 
I I was saying he might might drop into like sixties or seventies for Wheeler, but this news is positive. Yeah, I think I mean, that I think that's gone. I think you're looking at uh, late thirties, early forties, probably right after Nola and Gilito go. I think you get Alcantara and and Wheeler at the same time. Yeah, um, of course. Maybe I'll just take a picture ahead of that, so I don't have to worry about that decision. Um, that's a, that's a good segue. Let's talk some pictures. We talked all hitters last week, so I want to do. Uh, we, we did fades last week for here. So I'm going to do pitcher uh, fades and targets. We'll kind of merge them and then we'll do uh, we'll do hitter targets next week. Uh, we'll jump into that as soon as we have a note from our sponsors at Thrive. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim that free RotoWire subscription. Number one, visit rowwire.com slash thrive. Number two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Number three, play in your first paid contest and receive that free six-month Rotowire subscription. So, Jeff, let's do starting pitchers first. Let's go positive first. Let's go with a, a couple of your targets. These are guys that uh, at the at the ADP is someone you're going to willing to push up a little bit. You want to have on multiple teams. You want to take on your big money teams here. Um, give me your first. I, I figure we talked maybe one that's a, a top 150 guy and then maybe one that's a little bit later. Um, but who in this uh, like kind of top, uh, you know, to first 10 rounds are you really finding yourself wanting to get in drafts this year? Joe Musgrove. Oh, I like it. All right. Uh, I like sell, the team. Sell me. Okay. So I like the team context. I like the strikeouts. I think he's kind of emerged as a more durable pitcher now. Uh, I, I do worry. A I think I like the manager better now. I think that that whole context is improved. Losing Tatis hurts without a doubt, but I, you know, only tangentially. I mean, I, I don't think and that's, and that's 10 starts, right? Eight, nine starts somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I like where he's going. I, I like, uh, I just, he saw a slight increase in velocity across the board. Uh, you know, I, there, there's a lot of things I, I like. I like, he, he did a good job with right-handers. Uh, and that, that's, that's one of those things that you kind of look for a little bit more. That was a problem with him in the past. Uh, do you worry about the second half or was that just a, you know, full workload off the short season, just kind of worn down kind of thing? Cause that's, I kind of that's, feel that's the case. That's how I feel too. Yeah. I, I found myself getting him. I think I got him early sixth in TGFBI and uh, yogurt. Excuse me. Let's call it by its proper yeah, name. Please. Um, respect. I, I have a reputation. uphold. <laughs> uh, but he's often gone late fifth and others, mid to, mid to late fifth and others. Uh, but I, I'm kind of willing to pay that price, especially if I want to get that second ace early. You know that that come. You got to realize though, it comes at a cost. If I'm taking a pitcher, a starting pitcher there, I like him better than the other starting pitchers that go in that range. How about that? I think that's fair. I see his ADP about seventy if we're going to last like three weeks in live drafts. So you're right in there about. Uh... Yeah, late late fifth somewhere in there is probably where you got to go to do it. Um, do you like him more than Lance Lynn and Max Freed? More than Lance Lynn, for sure. I took him barely ahead of uh, Max Freed and, and Yogurt. I like both those pitchers. I think I got Freed and the beat Jeff Erickson, I think, but I'd love to get both of them. You know, if I'm like that, those are two guys I like a lot in that range. More than the, uh, more than Gossman? More than Gossman, more than Barrios, definitely more than Cease. Okay. Uh, yeah, Gossman is Gossman's tricky. I mean, well, don't don't spoil that one yet. 
Okay, I won't. He's, I'll let you. I'll let you opine on gospel. He's coming. He's coming. Not in this segment, but the next one. Ah, spoiler! That yeah. you're self spoiling then. I, I self spoiled, but uh, yeah. yeah, he. We're gonna talk about him in a second, but um, I like I like Musgrove a lot. I mean, I think we were kind of waiting on him for a couple of years. And a lot of people liked him, and then he kind of arrived. And my mm-hmm. only pause was the second half, but I think the uh, I think there's a lot of guys that just kind of wore down last year. I mean, you go off the short year. I think that uh, either the bump up in innings was tough on a lot of guys, and I think he kind of was one of them too. Yeah. His first half was awesome. His strikeouts and everything. He was insane that half. Yeah. So I have a couple guys here, but the thing I want him to pick, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Trevor Rogers. I uh, as I looked closely, more closely at Trevor Rogers, I really liked what I saw. Obviously, excellent season on the surface last year. Two six four one one five. Um, only made 25 starts. He had, I think, some sort of personal or family issue that missed a, a bunch of time in August. I love the K right here, 28.5%. The walks are a little bit high, but 8.4. You know, that's kind of the one thing. If he adjusts that, he could really take off. Good swing strike rate. Nice hard hit numbers. Barrel rate was like 5% last year. You look at his stat cast page, it's just red all over the thing. It's uh, Everything's over the 70th percentile, too, except for the walks. That's kind of the one issue. Um, I just really like the profile. I like, like kind of him just becoming a little better. I think if he just drops those walks a little bit, um, he could be an elite guy pretty quickly. Really good home park to pitch into. Uh, ADP is a little bit kind of behind that tier we were talking about. Pick uh, he's about to pick eighty eight right now. So we're talking the end of the sixth round in a uh, or end of the yeah end of the sixth round in a fifteen teamer. Um, he's somewhere that six seven turner, even a little bit earlier the sixth round. I'm all over, and I think that uh, I think he's gonna be really really solid with a chance for some pretty good upside too. I think he could really grow into being a maybe a, maybe a third or fourth rounder next year. I think so, uh, and I think his. Hit, I I, I want to say I think that his teammate Sandy Alcantara should go in the same range as Rogers, and Rogers should go a little higher, and Sandy should go a little lower. Uh, I, I think Rogers will be uh, a popular one in Vegas. I think that I'm not probably the only one on that. I think he's probably somebody you got to go maybe around early if you want to get him in the main event. Yeah. Speaking of Vegas, and I know we're going to talk in detail about this. You reminded me, so let's remind everybody else. KDS locks. Uh, for this upcoming weekend, yes. so, tomorrow tomorrow at like two o'clock, I think. Yes, yeah, so two o'clock Pacific, is that correct, or Eastern? Uh, they're in Milwaukee, I think, probably Central. That's, you know, if only I had like this device in front of me, I could just look up, right, and see you where use it a, is. You use a computer while you're while you're on the podcast. Yeah, is that is that allowed? Is that okay? Speaking with Justin Mason's in the chat says he's taking notes for Vegas, so hopefully he's in a different league than me at this point. Then, yeah. Uh, Yes, looking same. forward, looking forward to seeing Justin and everybody else. We're going to Vegas. First time I've been in three. I, I've been. I went every year for like 12, 15 years, and um, I haven't been in three years. So I'm very much looking forward to it. No leagues have not been assigned for the main event. They will be assigned uh, tomorrow when KDS locks, and they'll do. I think they'll do the KDS draw the day after. Okay, so yeah, well, yeah, lot. That's weird that you have like that twenty-four hour period. I think I think that I think it's Tuesday, and maybe they'll do it right away. I don't know. I just I saw it locked, but I, I think yeah. they're assigning the leagues, and everybody gets to see who's in the league, and then they'll they'll figure. Out There's the a lot of people doing uh, live for the first time, like Justin, uh, yeah. Michael Govier is doing it for the first time. Phil Dussault is doing it live in Vegas. They so. sold they sold out that Saturday morning. They all filled the capacity, so we have 105 people, seven leagues at the same time. Yeah. And I got to imagine the main event leagues, generally speaking, are starting to fill up too. I mean, start, they were, they were a little behind with the, with the, the lockout and everything, but I think the online leagues are starting to starting to fill up, but a good sign that that many people drafting in Vegas. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I'll be doing an online one later. Shu and I are going to partner up on that and don't, uh, don't do it on April 6th, but other than that, you're good. Okay. Don't do April 6th. Okay. Noted. That's the day All before right. the season. That's the one I'm in the, I'm in the, uh, the, the, yeah. uh, the online that night. So yeah, Justin's making his Vegas debut. 
Uh, I remember the New York disaster, Maine, now that you bring that up, Justin. I remember because it was connected to Tower Wars. Uh, although that was the weekend that I think that I had to hightail it out of there because I was coming back for a uh, daughter's soccer tournament. You're coming uh, back so for I, you're coming back for the podcast. You had to get back really quick. Yeah, that that that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about another pitcher a little bit later down that you are uh, you're trying to uh, target and end up on a bunch of your teams? Uh, another guy I'm trying to target. Um, I had it. I had it, and I just kind of spaced on it. Oh, Patrick Sandoval. Good health news recently. That's not good. You just took mine. Oh, good. So let's just talk about him. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So we both like him. That's fine. That that's good. That make that that's actually a really good thing. That makes me feel like hey, I might be smart about this, but. Uh, you know, obviously health is the big question mark with him, uh, but man, I such huge strikeout upside at, at pick yep. 200. Although newsflash, he's not going to be a pick 200, uh, but you know, on Saturday, I was, he, I was going to, I was going to get there, but yes, he's not going to be a pick 200. Yeah. So by the way, if you haven't done a live in a PC event, buckle up, the pitching is going to go earlier and earlier. Uh, just, you got to get used to that. It's fine. Um, it just means some hitters that you like are going to slip a little bit and that that's always good. Uh, the, the case for Sandoval, lefty, lefty, high, high, high strikeout guy, uh, doesn't have a whole lot of mileage on him. You worry a little bit about durability. Uh, you know, you had the lumbar stress reaction. That, that's not a good phrase, but 15.2% straight swing strike rate. That's the thing that catches my eye. That's like kind of the apple in my eye, seeing that high swing strike rate. Uh, could cut down on his walks a little bit too. He could. I think it's just a it's just a health thing for me at this point. I mean, you look at that changeup, fifty one point four percent whiff rate. The changeup is just an absurd number. Like one of those numbers yeah. you look at, like oh that must be wrong, and then you're like oh it's actually right. And he throws that pitch thirty percent of the time too. It's not like he just spots that in eight percent. Like that's a main pitch for him. Um, yeah, sliders uh, slider through seventy percent time, twenty eight percent whiff rate there. So he gets some strikeouts there also. Um, you're right. The walk rate is the one thing, and he's kind of one of those pitchers. And we see a lot of guys that. You know, if they fix that to like seven percent, he could just take off. I mean, he, are, he was three six two one two one last year. The whip's a concern if the walks don't come down. But uh, you take the, all those strikeouts, then you, you mix in the fact that he has a fifty one percent ground ball rate too. You got a guy that strikes yeah. everybody out, gets a ton of ground balls. Like it's just less. You're less likely to get hurt by big innings at that point. I just I love what I saw last year when he's pitching before he before he got hurt. I like uh, I like everything in the profile. I think he's going to be someone that it's going to be. You're going to look at boards, and be like, oh. Sandoval won at you know 165 in this league. I think there's going to be a lot of people that like him. Uh, I'm willing to move him pretty significantly up. I like him more than a lot of guys in that range, so I'm willing to do it. But uh, I think it's going to be fun. I, I I like him a lot. Just a matter of staying healthy. He only made 14 starts last year, but I think the the upside at that at that ADP is just is just mammoth. Yeah, it is. Um, other names in here, I do I do uh, like a, a Hinjin Ryu uh, uh, bounce back. I do, at, I do at, too. At pick 201. Uh, we talked about Joe Ryan in Minnesota. Really like him. He's about pick two, uh, about pick two ten. Um, I like Jose Urquidy. I like Alex Cobb, Tristan McKenzie, or some other targets, kind of in the the early twos, right in there. And then uh, the baby goat, Tyler McGill, uh, about pick three hundred. Will not be pick three hundred in the main event either. Was throwing ninety five today in the in the game of the Mets. Um, he's someone that I'm I'm willing to move up to like the sixteenth, seventeenth round to make sure I get him. So he's I, I like the skills, and I know you've talked him up earlier, but he's a little troublesome. Because, because of the he might not be trade. in the rotation, yeah, yeah. Uh, although Taiwan Walker's lack of availability to start the season helps, but Carrasco's there. I'm not really worried about David Peterson, but uh, they, unless they go commit to some sort of weird six man, you're, you're just going to have to kind of ride it out a little bit because I think someone will get hurt. 
That uh, that's my thing. Is someone will get hurt, and and Taiwan Walker already is. So you're gonna start if Walker comes back and bumps him, like Degrom, Scherzer, Carrasco. Like uh, I think one of those guys is gonna be on the aisle at some point. So uh, do you think, have the patience to hold on to him while he doesn't though? While he's not in there. That's the hard. That's the hard part because he's a pick. You know, there's like say he's picked whatever it is, two eighty. You're like, oh, I didn't use that much of a pick on him because I, but it just it just depends for me if you, uh, you know how how your bench is built. You know, it's, you may you get lucky and maybe don't have a couple injury guys you could hold them. But uh, I like it to start, and I'm going to see where it uh, where it works out. Just because I there's enough guys in that rotation. Right. Any pitchers get hurt, um, I think he's going to find his way into plenty of starts. I don't think I'm going to bump him up, but I'll take him at ADP. I mean, ADP since March first is three four pick three forty. Yeah, he's pitcher one twenty eight. Now I so might maybe, yeah, maybe I don't do that. that. Maybe I don't do that high then. Maybe I can I can wait right till around the break and get them. Yeah, and, and the thing is, there's others. If you don't, if someone is going to reach that high to get them, you're, there's someone else. Um, I I I won't reach that high. I he would have to be around, you know, pick three hundred or so to before I start getting them there. Um, and if if Matt if Matt Modica is in my main event league in in Vegas, we'll just have a battle. So he's going to take him in the top one hundred and fifty. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> Do it based on like who has more graph paper or something like that. Then uh, the graph, the graph paper is the best. Yeah, McGill that's went at nineteen point one. Justin says so. There you yeah. go. That's that's okay. Well, that's actually uh, that that's a you know at least that's one pick, that's point. pick two seventy one. Am I doing the math right? How about, about your guy Josiah Gray versus Tyler McGill? Um, my answer to that question is I want both of them. Okay, good answer. Good answer. Uh, uh, I, 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 we talked about gray in the past. I really like gray. I like that. Uh, I'm hoping that the five, four, eight, one, three, six last year, maybe keeps people off a little bit, but, uh, I just love what he did in the minor leagues. I love the strikeouts. I love that he's going to get a chance to, I mean, he, he should have a spot there pretty easily in Washington. They're, they're not really deep in the rotation. I think that, uh, it should, it should just let him ride and let him roll. And I mean, after Strasburg and, and who knows what Strasburg, but after Corbin, like you're talking what Annabelle Sanchez, Paolo Espino, I don't even know Eric Fetty, I guess. Um, yeah. Austin Voth, like there's just nobody there that I'm worried about. I think I think Gray's going to get his start as long as he stays healthy. And he's 24. It's time for him to let it go. And I think you get a lot of strikeouts. And at that at that spot, you're always you're always there's never perfect. You, you got some ratio risk for sure. But you give me the strikeouts for sure, and you can figure out the walks. And he had uh, he had pretty good walk numbers in um, in A and AAA a little bit, and Double A too. He's, he's under seven percent. So I like the fact that he didn't walk a lot of guys in the minors. I think he adjusts and, and figures that out in the majors. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of pitchers I like in this range. I do Rasmussen, too, so. Patino, uh, Christian Javier, Yusei Kikuchi, Eric Lauer. I like all those guys to a certain extent. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of interesting names in here. I mean, even people, some people like Andrew Heaney, it changed his direction with the yeah. Dodgers, although they're, they're suddenly a deep rotation now. They signed Tyler Anderson, um, whose father hates me, but uh, I guess I can live with that. Um, what? Why <laughs> there was you remember Tyler Anderson last year like had that stretch where he was really good for a while. Um, he mm-hmm. had a bunch of good starts. Then like in like the last week of the season, he blew up. He gave like ten runs, and I tweeted something like, "Oh, I guess we we're always waiting for that Tyler Anderson blow up the whole year." And his dad tweeted back, and he was not happy with my with my comment. Wow! So someone just searching <laughs> under his name, obviously. Someone, I didn't. I I certainly did not tag him. I don't want to be that way. No, I did not. Tag no, him. you're not a tag. And it was a joke. Like he's been great all this time. We're just kind of waiting for the blow up. And uh, yeah, his dad. Well, he had sure. he had that blow up, but he all you know that was a brutal one. I remember that. It was uh, bad. Yeah. Um, and and that because I I think it was yeah it, I think it was uh, the guilds that had him in. Uh, oh, that's right. Didn't you win a league because of that blow up? No, no, no. I didn't win a league last year. Uh, I you won labor or something because you, you that blow up, right? I, 
I think he just lost. He didn't win a league. Or yeah. it wasn't the guilds. Guilds kill, uh, killed us. Maybe it was Zimmerman that had him. I yeah, forget. Someone, to, uh, someone good had him. Um, and then no. I remember the blow up he had against the Braves earlier in the year where they just left him hanging in there. It was like, oh, uh, I just remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it was against, it, it was like going up against Drago, throw in the damn towel already. Or, <laughs> yeah. But. At Atlanta was five innings, uh, nine runs. Uh, at the Angels was two innings, nine hits, nine runs, zero strikeouts. Yeah. And his dad doesn't like me anymore. So it happens. I have to add him to the Brett Anderson list of people who don't like me. There's only two people. So that's not a bad list. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, let's get into some starting pitcher uh, fades real quick. But first, a note from our sponsors at Better Edge. If you think your betting skills are good enough to win you a ticket to the Final Four, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Better Edge is giving away a trip for two to the Final Four in New Orleans. All you have to do is join their contest at betteredge.com slash Final Four. Better Edge believes sports betting with no fees should be the norm, and odds are it's legal in your state. Check it out and enter your March Madness contest for a chance to win a trip to the Final Four. Head on over to betteredge.com slash Final Four. That's B-E-T-T-O-R. E-D-G-E.com slash final four terms and conditions apply. Uh, Jeff, real quick, we're going to get to relievers here in a second, but give me a uh, starting pitcher or two that uh, people like or popular that you're not drafting. I think it's Lance Lynn. Um, I'm I, coming off this career year, but had shoulder issues a little bit at times at critical moments. I, I just think he's going a little too soon. Uh, but man, the expect, expected batting average was good. But I just I see all these other pitchers I like better in the range that he's going. So that's part of it. Maybe uh, if he, he hangs around a little later, I mean, you know, they, other everybody else is trending. Musgrove goes higher, Freed goes higher, uh, maybe. But uh, fly ball rate is so high, forty percent fly ball rate in that in guaranteed rate field. Um, I'm sorry to call it by its proper name. I should call it just New Comiskey. And, I just but, I yeah Comiskey to me. Um, is Sierra was 372. Uh, just I, I feel like you're getting that, and you know, that, that comes with fewer wins, it comes along with it. There, you get like a higher whip that comes along with it if everything kind of corrects a little bit. So, I just I feel uncomfortable going taking him where he goes. That might just be a, a little bit of distrust. Maybe I, I could be proven wrong. And he's, he's just had such a big workload over the last few years, took pride in it, and yep. I don't know. He was limited 157 innings last year. And I, I feel like once you show that little crack in the armor a little bit, it could be more coming in terms of health. So it's, it's mostly health based. And it's just like you and I were talking how we had to scratch Jack Flaherty off our list because he's already downgraded. Uh, uh, that bummed me out. There's the one thing I was disappointed we didn't get to the pitchers last week because Flaherty was my big fade, but obviously you can't use him as a fade now because he's hurt, which is a shame. Yeah. But I, I did not like anything about him pitching wise coming in this year either. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to get Pablo Lopez either, even though I like the skills. It's just, again, health. I just, yeah. I, I, I'm here. You're even getting a little bit of a discount on him. If you beat me with Pablo, you beat me with Pablo, but there's lots of people to beat me with and I can beat you back with them. So and we'll move out of that construction. I, I like Lynn a little more than you do. It's not someone I'd like target, but I'm a kind of okay in the range. I think he'll be really solid, but I think that, uh, I'm a little worried. The shoulder thing worries me a little bit too, kind of end of the year last year. You look at his stat cast page, it's really nice. Uh, all three of his like X metrics are all over the 90th percentile. Um, you know, he's got a 198 XBA, so he just got guys out. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I find I find myself clicking on other names in the range too. Yeah, so who's your guy? Mine is Kevin Gossman, who you, uh, you teased oh so well. 
Um, obviously a great year with the Giants last year. 281, 104, 192 innings. Um, great K rate, solid walk rate. Uh, we'll get kind of all the good stuff out of the way. Um, StatCast page is pretty nice, but then you get it a little deeper. And it's like he had some quotes last year where he kind of was like, oh, I guess people, I'm a two-pitch pitcher. People have figured out my splitter. I'm worried about a two-pitch pitcher going to the AL East. Um, I think that uh, he was a 4-4-2 ERA in the second half. I think that was a little more um, guys figuring out he was a two-pitch guy and what was coming rather than it was the kind of wear down. We talked about Joe with Musgrove. He had a 2-12 BABIP in the first half. Like that was just absurdly low. And just, I think he mm-hmm. lived off that. I think he was, he was obviously really good, but it, the price now is ADP pick 69. We're talking the fifth round right there. Hard hit rate's a little high for me at 41%. Don't love that. Um, you know, his ex-ERA last year, he, his ERA was 2-8-1, ex-ERA is 3-5-5. You go from San Francisco to Toronto, you're facing now the, the Red Sox are even better. The Yankees are obviously going to be good. Um, you know, it, he doesn't have to face Toronto, which is the nicest thing about that. But the Rays obviously, obviously score runs. So, you know, Baltimore is about the only good lineup in the league. I just, I just think moving from the NL West and the Giants, the L East is going to move the numbers up as it is. The ADP is way higher, obviously, than it was last year off the breakout year. And there's enough things here that I think that in the range, um, I will not be taking it. Not let alone just, you know, first year of a big contract, too. Yep. You know, that, that's the, the Glenn and Rick thing. Uh, I, rules of engagement. Sorry, I'll call it by its proper uh, name. But, uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, I, and actually, I kind of agree. Um, yeah, like it, it all depends, like, in the range, too. Like, I'd go Freed over him. I'd take Lynn over him. You probably wouldn't. I would take Musgrove over him. Um, there's just enough names in the range that I just – and if I yeah. – and then those guys are gone, I'll just take a different position. I just – I think uh, I think you're going to get, like, a 380, all right, him, and I just don't want that at the price. Sure. Uh, you mentioned one guy. I just wanted we kind of mentioned him as you were passing by talking about Lynn. Uh, where are you on world's biggest helium guy? Uh, Twitter popularity, Dylan Cease. Um, I haven't drafted him once yet. I don't hate him, but I typically try to avoid paying high prices for whip killers, and yep. he may not be a whip killer. He he did cut down on his walks last year. Can but, he build still, off that? But, still, but still 9.6%. Like he yeah. cut down, but still to a place. I, I agree with you. As I got closer here, I, I knew nobody would like it, but I think he's, I think he's a, I don't know if I call him a fade for me, but I don't think I'll get him anywhere just because I think he'll be more popular than I'm willing to take him. I just, yeah. I worry about the combo of fly ball rate walks and a 15% barrel rate. Like he, he gives up a lot of hard hit balls. He gives up a lot of a uh, lot of fly balls, and he walks guys like that. Just kind of sets you up for and the strikeout stuff is insane. Like his strikeout, what was his strikeout rate? It was like thirty four percent or something. It was something insane. Oh, 32%. percent. Like it was right. off the chart insane. The the he has an over forty percent whiff rate on the slider and the curveball. I just think he's susceptible to big innings. And when I'm picking at pick seventy five, that's a fifth six rounder. Um, I just don't feel comfortable with the fact that I just I think he's going to give up three hundred homers now and then, and that's going to kill his numbers for fantasy. Yeah, um, I think it's – I mean, he could be like a top 10 pitcher. He's got that strikeout upside. Yeah. I, I, He could go Robbie Ray on us, and I'm, that's why I'm like – I'm not saying cease and desist. I am saying – But you just wanted to say cease and desist. Well, who wouldn't, Scott? Of course. Understood. Um, I, I'm I, I'm not taking him, and I understand – I get that the upside's there. I just think – I think the downside is is also there. I, I just think there's someone that's going to push him higher in every league. Uh, I think so, so too. I think that's probably why I don't get him. I, I, I'd take him around his cost right now. Uh, yeah, I'd have to have him drop a little bit, and that's just not going to happen. Yeah, around. Like I said, around. And like, and you and I both share like other guys in that range that we both like better. Yeah. So I get it. 
Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, relievers before we get out of here. Um, give me a reliever, like a top, I don't know, you can pick a number, but top Roldis 10. Chapman. Oh, there you go. As a, as a, are we talking, we're talking target or fade? Fade, fade, oh, fade. Okay. Oh, right. did you want me to be positive? Is this the, you was, want me I to was, accentuate the positive, like yeah. the family channel? Yeah, let's go positive first. Um, a top 10 to 12 guy that you really want to attack or find a spot where you can um, figure out a way to get him in on your team. Um, uh, Ryan Presley. I think the uh, save, saves were just artificially low last year just because they weirdly didn't have as many save opportunities. And that's not something I, that I had him last year. It was so, it was like so many times where they had a three run lead in the eighth and they, they tacked on. It was just, I know, it was right? Maddening. But he's a good pitcher. Very uh, good. I, he, he's a stable commodity. Uh, I want him. And I, he's a little less expensive than Iglesias, than Diaz typically. Uh, though, right. Oh, they're, they're about the same price, actually. Uh, but in that range, uh, I like him a little bit better than Diaz. I like him way better than Aroldis Chapman. So give me some Ryan Presley. I want, I want a really good closer. Um, I don't want to be like digging in the muck. And I think Presley is that I traded for him at XFL. I've been drafting him a lot. I, I, I passed on him in yogurt because uh, of Springer. And I do wonder if that was the right call or not, but, uh, I, I do like him. Uh, I do too. I, and I agree with you on the closer. I think I want to get one good one. Then I can, I can, uh, you, the muck you described, I'm okay with my second guy trying to figure that out maybe, but I think you, it's, it's so hard if you don't have one, there are so few. And with Will Smith being gone, there's another one that's just, that's just gone. Yeah. And we've, you know, we have another team that's uh, the Dodgers that might be a committee might not be, who knows what can happen there. My guy that I want in this, in this top end range is Emmanuel Clase in, in, in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, love everything about him. Same. Just do was awesome last year. 1.29.96. But you look at, I mean, he's got a 76.5% K rate, like really, really good. Maybe not the elitist of the closers, but way up there. But 16.8% swing strike rate. Like that K rate's going to go up a little bit. I just love the fact he's a 5.7% walk guy. Been a solid walk guy since 2018 in the minors. So you have multiple years of him being really good with walks. I hate yeah. closers with walks. We've talked about it a bunch of times. People get tired of me saying that, but I've said I, I love that. But then you flip a little closer. You got all these strikeouts, you got no walks. And you got a 68% ground ball rate. Like it just, it's hard. You're going to have to give up three hits to, to give up a run in the, in, in the ninth. And I, I love that. I hate the guys that, you know, walk someone and gives them a bomb. So it's stat cast page is literally all red. There's 14 stats on that little grid and 13 of them are over 85th, 85th percentile. It's absurd. The only one that's not is K percentage was a little bit lower. It's 69 percentile. Like, give me a break a uh, hard hit rate under 30% give three barrels all year long. Like I just love everything about him. I don't think that Karinchak is a, is a, is a threat at least early on. He's going to, he's had to pitch well for a couple of months to show they want to, if like something would happen to Clause I think that'd take a while. So I think there's a, I like no, uh, lo, uh, no imminent threat to my closer, no matter how good he is. Um, sure. To the point that I'm, uh, I'm almost like kind of like the back end of the draft. Cause I can get Clause in the, the three, four turn. Um, so, uh, what, uh, that, that brings me to another point though. Someone asked us earlier on Twitter, um, KDS, you mentioned it locks uh, tomorrow for the main event. Are you moving your KDS around? KDS for people know is a Kentucky Derby drafting system where you can essentially rake what spots you want in what order. And then as your name comes up, comes up in the hat, you get the, the top remaining pick you have on your board. So if you had, you wanted pick, pick 15 and you come up eighth in the slot, you could still get your top, uh, your top desired pick. Are you moving yours around a lot? Uh, do you not want to say? Are you are you keeping it? Uh, I don't care. Straight butter is five four three two one. One said would say straight butter is the one through fifteen. A lot of people just leave it like that too. I've done that on some some drafts. I'll, I'll tell you where I don't want to be. Is yeah, that, I think that's the most important thing. So here's the thing. I love being in the middle. So, but generally speaking, so but what's more important, getting the first round pick you want, 
or being in a spot where you're comfortable every round. I'm a little concerned you're reading my text now because I sent that message to somebody. Exact that exact sentence. To it's earlier. the conundrum because yeah. who do you want at seven, right? Uh, the the guy you want at seven might be there at eleven, or or, or and, and if he's not, I think the guy at eleven is just as good. Right, and then you're getting a better guy at twenty instead of twenty, or you know, twenty-five. Your cutoff, uh, your cutoff is five. I. So is that is that Turner, J. Ram, Soto, Bichette, Cole? Is that your five? Yeah, Turner, J. Ram, Soto, Bichette, Vlad, and Cole. Even oh, Holly, so six, six. I okay. actually don't mind six either. I mean, six. So, I mean, Vlad is the tough one. Do I want a Vlad again or not? Yeah. Um, do you want? I, I didn't do it in a main yet. I, where I've gotten Vlad has been like in the twelves, which is a lot easier to build around them than it is in the fifteens, obviously, because you get there's there's stolen base guys that come back to you. Uh, so it is actually five now that I think about it. But Vlad is friggin' amazing too. Like you talk yeah. about you talk about we talk, we talk about Klaze Stackhouse page. You look at Vlad; it's the most insane, like ninetieth percentile across the board in yeah. everything. Like it's just it's just the stolen bases; it's just not there. Right, and then. So do you have you have to wonder like what do you do in that when are you going to attack your stolen bases? You talked about your discomfort with stolen base guys. Mm-hmm. You know you hate Whit Merrifield like you know he's uh, irrationally like he's the guy that beat the A's in the playoffs one year or something like that. But wow, uh, that's a, that's a low blow right there. I know. Sorry, sorry. That was, that was the was, worst. That was the worst wild card game ever. Uncalled for. But uh, I had some I had some guy at T ball uh, yeah on Saturday. My daughter plays T ball and he's wearing a Sal Perez jersey. And I was just like, dude, like who is trolling you? I'm in LA. <laughs> the some dude on the other team is wearing a Sal Perez jersey. So I walked up to the guy, we're talking. I'm like, oh, you don't see a lot of Royals jerseys out in the wild here. And he kind of looked at me weirdly. And it's like, yeah, Sal. He's like, huh. yeah, cool. he's like oh, Stop I love Sal. And I, <laughs> he did. I'm like, I kind of like, I kind of like some of the players, you know. Ben Attendee was better last year. He's like, oh my God, you know players in the Royals. I was like, and I was like, all right, we're done with this. I'm like, I don't want to go into why I know this, but it was pretty funny. So I just stopped talking to all strangers yeah. from now on. Yeah, you're probably, probably right. He, he probably didn't want to talk to me. Is probably the real reason, huh? Actually, now that he listens to this conversation, he's like, yeah. what a jerk! Yeah, seriously. But, you know, that, that's one less fan of RAs. But uh, <laughs> no, you know. Um, and the thing is, the stolen base guys in the second round. If you get Vlad, you know, is it's, it's is Anderson, Anderson going to be there? Yeah, it's Anderson, Marte, Mullins, Merrifield. And do you um, want to take Marte? He dropped to the fourth round to, in the tag team tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just what you want in the second round is some guy who's oblique is already hurt, right? Right, uh, and you don't like Merrifield. I, 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 mean, I mean, do you like Mer- spot? Do you like Merrifield there? I don't even. Do I, question, I know. Do, I know he's a fade you, for me. Do you like him? That in the second, no. I got him in Yoker, but I got him at pick forty three, so it's different. You and know. Do you, do you trust Tiasco to steal double digits again? I will take Tiasker. Oh, I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a member of the family, so I will too. But yes. I mean, you could leave the first two rounds with you know. 10 stolen bases. I would yes. say nine stolen bases, but yeah, 10 stolen bases. For sure. Vlad's going to get one. So nine and one. There you yeah, go. Yeah, Vlad will get four, right? Yeah. Um, Sprint's being 94th take... percentile, not that slow. I think I think the answer is you. if the if Anderson gets and Tiosker get pushed up, well, you t- you take the pitcher that falls or you take Jordan uh, Alvarez. Yeah. If he falls, he's not going to fall. But, you know, the point is, you take the, re- the residual, but keep and in mind just, that just pure math. Somebody has to fall. Like if, if a couple of guys get pushed up, that means a couple of guys get pushed down. It just has to work that way. But it's funny. We talk about you take Vlad and then take a stolen base guy, but then you're going to the third round without a pitcher too. How low, how low does Acuna have to fall before you take him? Do you want to answer that? 
Um, I'm shocked how soon he's still going in drafts, to be honest with you. Agreed. So I don't think it's going to be an issue for me ever. Of course, I'm probably going to get to a spot where it's going to become an issue. Um, I don't think I can take him because it would be like late second round, early third round, Whoa. and he'll never get there. Holy shnikes. His max is 22. I, I, I wouldn't take him as max, so there, there's your answer. I just Yeah, you're, same. You're I, missing, I think he's third round at, at you're best. Missing, you're missing a month. And then you're probably missing him stealing for another month. Is that I don't like I don't think that's a crazy statement. They said he's not going to play outfield till late May. Right. So he's not stealing bases till late May, right? Right. If he's not playing outfield, he's not stealing. I would not bases. take Acuna like, at twenty two. I would I not take him at twenty five. You know, if I have even if I'm taking, you know, if I took Vlad at six, for instance, I'm not pairing him with Acuna. Now I I could be just the dumbest statement in the world, and that's go. Oh, that didn't age well. I hate that that, that that whole construction. Uh, it's but. an interesting it's an interesting combo though. Like uh, if you it's could a fun piece, combo, you could yeah. piece it together for you know five six weeks. That could be really that could one be one. You look at September, like I can't believe I have those guys on the same team. But mm-hmm. that pick, so you're you're pick like what's that pick twenty six then? If you go five and twenty six, yeah, because it has to add up to thirty one. Um, that's probably like late second is probably about the time where I'm like, you know what, maybe I'll just take a risk here and maybe light my money on fire, but take a risk. I think it's about about 26, 27, 28, somewhere in there. And I'll, I'll never get him at that point. Yeah. Care to answer the same thing about Tatis? Yeah, I mean, way we're talking there, we're talking what two months, right? So he's got three months, but you're missing the first month of spring training. Um, so we're let's just let's just use June first as a ballpark. I think he's got to get to pick like 75 or 80 for me to start to think about it. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't pick, think he'll get there in the main event. Average pick since the news broke on Monday. Well, I, I since Monday. Uh is 55 okay. max he went, is 11 uh, he, went, he went six once he went 5.1 in the that tag team draft that was tonight which is a lot of nfbc players is that that, is that 15 15 so that's pick 61 yes 61 i'm okay. uh, i just i i just it's in a league with fab you have seven bench spots i hate starting with a guy that's out for two months when in the fifth round you're pat you're, t- so you're taking him instead of someone who's really 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 good too yeah Instead like of Alberto Mondesi, oh, except not included in siege leagues. Sorry, Had that was that, uh, that was the siege turn. By the way, I think was was Mondesi and uh, and Tatis. Okay, that's that's siege. That's a bold I mean, move, siege, siege is, siege it, is bold it could be. You could win that. Yeah. That's one of those. You could win the league by twenty points, or you could finish in last by twenty points with yeah. that, that combo. Um, but uh, embrace yeah, the variance. I, I'd be surprised if I get either one. To be honest with you, I, I'll be surprised if I get Chris Sale. I just. I don't really want to start with, I mean, I don't want to start with a lot of injured guys, especially injured guys in the first 10 rounds. Like if you give me someone in the 20th round that I can sit on. If, if you know, a bunch of hell breaks loose and I get five injured guys, I can drop that guy. Fine. But you're giving me someone who in Dottis, you can never drop him. Obviously. I mean, yeah. it was the same. It was kind of a different thing, but the same with Bobby Witt jr. Last year, like he was moving up, moving up, moving up. It's like, you got to hold him. You can never drop him. And there are people that held him all year and never dropped him. It's just, who's this year's Bobby Witt. Oh, that's a really good question. Is there one? There's not like a like a top like a prospect in those like these like what was it, probably like mid rounds like like 14, 15, 16. Um there's not really like a stud prospect in there that's not gonna start and come. I guess Julio Rodriguez is the answer. Yeah. Do you see that? Especially home now that they added see that bomb? You see that bomb you hit the other day? I did not. That's oh god. I mean, awful hanging slider that like a lot of guys would have hit out, but holy hell, the guy's got some pop. It's it it is juicy to watch that. Um I, I think he does he's get the, the answer call at some I, point though. 
I think Riley does get called up. I think Riley Green may start the year in Detroit. So I think that one kind of goes off that page. Torkelson will both start the year in Detroit. I I, I uh, want, and I'm there for that, by the way. Yeah. James James Anderson has sold me pretty hard on Riley Green. Yeah. I have some Riley Green in my life. Um, I don't have any Torkelson except for like a score sheet league where it's a keeper, but in any redraft, I haven't gotten Torque yet. Um, Riley Green's ADP over the last uh, three weeks in the online championship is 278. What is his ADP in the main event when it's done? Let's see, 278. Before. Yeah, I'd say 235, 225. Let's see, rounds 15 to 16 or so. So that's right? two at the end of round two of round 15. 225 to 235, 240, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm interested there. I'm he too. was uh, he was 24 home runs, 16 uh, stolen bases, and he hit over 300 last year across Double A AA and Triple A. Yeah, I mean he, strikes, he's a strikes, fully formed prospect. It's just strikes a out question. strikes out a lot though. Yeah, you know, which which Tiger prospect are you taking first? Here, Torkelson. Green. Green's going to have some helium too. I mean, Torkelson's going to yeah. have some helium too. Uh, Austin Hayes or Riley Green? Riley Green. Harrison Bader, O'Reilly Green. Riley Green. Joe Adele, O'Reilly Green. Joe Adele. All right. There, there, and Jesus Sanchez is the next highest outfielder. I kept oh, on climbing, by the way. Jesus, Jesus Sanchez, too. All right. So, yeah, you're 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 squarely around 230 or so. I'm trying to keep myself from not getting super fired up about Joe Adele because I love Joe Adele, and I'm trying to, like – I think he's kind of an afterthought over. for a lot of people. I haven't heard super a lot of buzz about him. It's a good thing we didn't do uh, outfield targets this week because we would have talked about them. Yeah. Okay, we'll do those next week. After the main event, perfect. Yeah, there you go. Um, After the first round of main events, there'll be is others. There, is there a – by the way, the other closer I really like at the price, I like Taylor Rogers. I love him as a pitcher. I was going to bring know, him up. I don't know how that situation is going to work out, but the dude is a really, really good pitcher, and I think that even if you get – he goes in the – he doesn't go early enough that I'm worried about. He goes in the you know 11th, 10th round, somewhere in there. Like If you get – two-thirds of the saves with his ratios, I think that can work out pretty well. So I I, I think part of it is team context too. They care. They're, they're going to try yeah. to win now. For sure. Previously, I thought that actually, you know, when I thought that they didn't, I think it hurt him some. Uh, I don't have any Taylor Rogers yet. Uh, I, I want some. He's kind uh, of the uh, he's kind of the the poor man's Emmanuel Clause. I mean, it's absurd K rate and a ton of ground balls. I love that combo. Um, you know, the lefty thing, you know, I think managers tend to overcompensate for that as a closer, but I think, I mean, he got the job done a couple of years ago um, when they finally gave it to him. I just, I think he's really good. I just love, it's the same thing. It's a lot of strikeouts, no walks and a ton of ground balls. Like give me that a closer every day and I'll take my chances. Blake Trinan or Taylor Rogers? That's a really good question. I try to make him good. Damn, that's good. Um, Blake Trinan barely. All right. Um, Taylor Rogers is going to climb too. I think I'm so too. And they're just, as you're just in a main event, you're going to get people that are like, oh my God, there's 10 closes off the board. I don't have one yet. I'm going to take one now because I just have to make the excess one. I don't care what the ADP is. And that's going to happen in every draft. Do you think Gallego, Giovanni Gallegos' draft struck drops because of the comment about how we're not going to name a closer? I think it has to, right? I, I'm, like I'm worried that he, the bullpen door opens in the middle of the seventh with two on on opening day and Gagos comes running out. I'm really worried about that. And I'd yeah. love, we talked about him a lot in the past years. I love him as a pitcher. I loved him as a pitcher last year, the year before. I'm just really worried about usage in terms of saves. Who else can close on this bullpen? I guess there's always a guy. Um, I mean, Alex Reyes is gone. He's, 
he's out. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's out at least four weeks now. Yeah, I mean, you could, Without you can, throw, No, he's not throwing for at least four weeks. I guess Nick Wittgren's the answer to that. If he were to like find the old form. Jordan Hicks, maybe once they say, screw this whole him starting they, thing. They're stretching him out right now, right? I know they are, but they yeah, said, they also good. said it's not going to be ready. I, you know, uh, Genesis what, Cabrera, Ryan Helsley. Like I just, you're right. There's. He, I mean, he's far and away the best pitcher in the bullpen. I just, I am concerned at his ADP with where the usage uh, kind of falls out. I think there might be some value with him because he's just good. Where, uh, where are you seeing him drop? Um, I, I agree. By the way, that he's really good. Oh, wow, he's a pick. He's in the last month in OCs. He's a pick. Or last three weeks, he's a pick one hundred seven. I, yeah, I he, just in the last week from March fourteenth, he's one twenty eight. Uh, he starts. He, start, he starts to get really interesting there because that's a really good pitcher for that range. Because he was in the like eighties and nineties for a long time there. For sure, for yeah. sure. Well, and I think as we get closer, some you know the draft and hold closer madness kind of that yeah. effect wears off a little bit. You know, and the starting pitcher madness kicks in. Something's got to give. Give me a uh, real quick. Your reliever fade is uh, Aroldis Chapman. Yep. Fewer innings, climbing, climbing walk rate. Con, you know, walk year and sometimes that's not good for a closer uh they've traded him once before uh he, he's getting hurt a little bit more often I, I just i'd rather be a year too soon than a year too late on him yeah mine is a kind of similar year to his mark melanson i there is no way i'm taking mark melanson he was even a league winner last year i mean where you took him he won leagues with 39 saves in the round 26 or whatever it was. He was the third closer drafted on the Padres last year behind Pagan and, and Drew Pomerantz. But don't I know that? Yeah, yeah. I, I know. You know, I know that too. Um, the he's 22% walk, K rate's not good for a closer. And I don't like the fact that he he combines that with a lot of walks. He's got a 9.4% walk rate. I just I hate that with the guys and strike out a lot of guys. The, the ground balls do help. So he does have that aspect of it. But his XERA last year was a full two runs higher than his earned run average. Um, XBA was 19th percentile. Chase rate is 20. He doesn't get anybody to chase. Whiff rate was 14th percentile. Um, his fastball is like a 14% whiff rate. It's just, there's so much there that I don't like with them. I just, I mean, he's a crafty veteran that could get by in smoke and mirrors like last year. Bad I think, team. I, I think Ian Kennedy getting signed is actually concerning that. Like, I think I that agree. three bad outings, like maybe they like, Oh, Kennedy can get it done too. I just, they paid Melanson enough that the leash is probably pretty good. What they pay him? They paid him fourteen million for two years. So not, I guess, not that much. That um, seven million a year. I just his ADP is one thirteen. Like I want no part of that. Yeah, it's slipping from from Monday uh, March fourteenth on. It's down to like one thirty nine. Um, do you? Yeah. Do you have a thirtieth round um, reliever? Uh, by the way, strategy note. I think that. Um, I think you want to grab at least one, if not two, kind of good middle relievers in the last three rounds of main event with I think that April is going to be a month where starting pitchers go three or four innings a lot. I think that it's mm-hmm. a uh, – I think if you can uh, you can use the roster spot for like the first three weeks of the season, I think getting a couple of middle relievers will be very useful. There needs to be a lot of starting pitchers you're going to not want to throw out there for three innings with no chance of a win. Agreed. Is it cheating to say Art Warren for no. your uh, – because I think Sims going – the note about Sims is going to yeah. bump up Warren's cost. Uh, I'd say Jorge Alcala, even though I like Rogers a lot, Alcala could be the guy if they decide they don't want a lefty closing. Um, I, I, I was talking about Chris Stratton earlier, uh, and he, he's in that range. Is he in Pittsburgh now? He's Pittsburgh, right? He is. He was the guy that got some saves late last year when Bednar was hurt. So you think Bednar traded early or just struggles a little bit? 
I, I don't. I like Bednar's skills. Yeah, I, I question usage, uh, and you know, especially because I could see Pittsburgh trying to do a Richard Rodriguez thing again, or just you know, hey, let's use the veteran and try to flip him. So my answer might even be a little too deep to take in the 30th round, but I think it's someone you watch in fab and the first little blip you pick him up is Domingo Acevedo in Oakland. Um, Ooh, local knowledge. I like it. Last year, last year in February, you asked me who would you take for A's saves if you're in the DC? And I said Lutravino. So that worked out pretty well. Um, I don't like Lutravino very much. I mean, not as a human. I don't like him as a as a closer. Too many walks, not enough strikeouts. Acevedo was weird. He, he was a starting pitcher, like coming up to the Yankees organization. And I think he found something in this mysterious 2020 when nobody pitched and we don't know what happened. He came back. He started as a relieving in 2019. Wasn't great. Um, last year in AAA, 32, 32 and two thirds innings, 53 strikeouts, six walks, 42.1% K rate with no walks. I love what I saw from me. Pitch 11 innings for the A's and the majors. Um, had a good ERA and whip, but obviously 11 innings, who cares? But I think those that stretch of 30 AAA innings um, really intrigued me with him. I think that uh, the strikeouts are now there. I think that he's a low walk guy. I think Trevino is going to just explode at some point. You just can't not strike guys out and give up that many walks. Um, I and I, I, I think they're going to move on. And I think it'll be to Acevedo. I think Acevedo could be closing, and I don't think I think it's before the All Star break. And even if Trevino is good, that just means they'll trade him. So yeah, they'll definitely trade him at the deadline, whenever they get there or even before that. Um, but I think Acevedo takes the job before the deadline. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard, hard to hold him. Um, but if you're in the 30th man, you're stuck. You're like, what do I do here? Maybe I pick him up and see how the first two weeks goes. If Trevino has a couple saves, I hold him. If Trevino gets a couple saves, then, you know, go ahead and move on and kind of keep it on the, keep it on the watch list. But I think, uh, I think he gets double digit saves this year. Yeah, we're gonna find the uh, podcast listener who take in when we see Acevedo go at like right. pick three fifty. Now there you next. go. He's uh, uh, his ADP right now in DC is in the seven hundreds. Yep. Uh, so, two two complete picks. A, complete afterthought. Two picks uh, since March since March fourteenth. Uh, out of forty seven drafts. So there you go. I actually forgot to take him in TGFBI the thirtieth round. I met too, and I I think I did something else. I took some I forget, but I was like that, I was. Gonna, that's probably because you're anger anger picking at that point. I, at that, when we finished last, I was definitely anger picking at that point. But uh, yeah, a very a very deep cut. But I think that uh, Domingo Acevedo will help fancy teams before by the end time this year is over. Very good. Anybody else you want to talk about? We've gone way too long here. Anything else on your mind? No, I just can't wait to talk about our teams next week. I know. I look. I very much look forward to. I look forward to seeing you on. I guess are you coming up Thursday? Yeah, Thursday night. Um, doing a golf tournament during the day, and then driving up. Shu and I are going to drive up and prep. Do a lot of prep together. By then, we'll know our draft slot and our opponents. Nice. That and then we got uh, we got some hanging out on Friday. We're going to play golf again. If my uh, back agrees to play golf, we'll do that. Um, but other than that, I think we are. Uh, I think we're good to go. I appreciate everybody listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. You want to follow Jeff on Twitter? He is at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jenstead. We'll obviously be talking a lot of baseball here uh, all week. If you want to uh, ask questions or talk about stuff, we'll be talking about uh, main event drafts uh, next Sunday. That seems uh, kind of surreal, Jeff. I didn't know if we'd get here about a month ago. I know. Uh, just like three weeks ago. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing everybody more than anything. I just, uh, like yeah. I said, I haven't been there in three years. I have a lot of like actual people who are real friends in my life who, uh, who, who are cut through this world. And, you know, you and I live in the same area, kind of see each other every once in a while, although not as much as we probably should, but um, there's a lot of people I haven't seen for three years. So it'd be a lot of fun to, uh, to hang out and catch up and, and see everybody and give some, I don't know, what do you do? Fist bumps, high five these days. Like you can't hug. I don't know what goes on, but uh, it'll be good to see everybody and hang out. And there's some parties and stuff we'll go to. So it'll be, it'll be a good time. 
It's a shame because you're a great hugger. So uh, I am a great hugger. Yeah, I'm not a hugger. In case everybody was <laughs> thought Jeff was being serious, I prefer uh, I prefer as little human contact as possible. Uh, but uh, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate. It. We'll be back at you uh, next Sunday night, uh, talking some main event, talking a lot more news, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll chat with you then. So look forward to it. I hope everybody has a great week and take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.